0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David.
1: Yeah. How you doing? Same as every talk. Nothing has changed in the yeah. world for us, or at least in our day-to-day lives, day in, day out. Yes, but
0: what about emotionally, David? That's the question that I'm actually asking. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm all right. I mean, we don't need to get into it. My Okay. My, uh, both my brothers are essential employees and... St. Louis, going to work every day. My mm. mom and my sister are in Florida, which is not great. So uh, emotionally, I'm uh, pretty anxious a lot of the time. Sure, sure. But, uh, that's not what we need to be getting into.
0: Well, and even without all of this, like down in Florida, you know what they got? Gators. They got gators. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And I've seen, <laughs> I've seen pictures. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I was like talking with uh, with my family, and I was like, I hope you guys haven't seen any gators and my sister was like oh like her son and husband they went off looking for some i was like what what are you doing <laughs> that's the opposite of what you should be doing
0: yeah gators find you don't you worry yeah. about that um so uh okay so we have uh we have a guest with us uh someone that hasn't been on the show in a while and uh a fellow podcaster and uh
1: 183 episodes since the last time this person wow. was on the show. Wow, man, that makes me feel bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? What was the
1: episode been... 500?
2: Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Okay. That's how I. That's how I know
0: because this is I've... 683, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, that's right. I've completely. Yeah, I've completely forgotten. Just like I don't totally know what day it is, uh, at this point. Um, I also have lost track of what episode we're on. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, you no, know, it's good to know that, uh, you know, it's, it's been that long. Cause you can just, you can just, the, the, the listeners thirst for this guest is very, it's just palpable. Oh, sure. I think, um, it is, yeah, we couldn't uh, hold,
1: we couldn't uh, hold back the damn any longer, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but we're going to have to, because I want to tell you real quick about tweaked audio.com. is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler. And I use them each and every day today. I know Tyler, normally I like to highlight some new album that has come out that I've been listening to. Uh, but, uh, It was a Prince day, and I listened to Prince all day today. You know what? sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Yes, let's get into it. Shall we? Okay. Yeah. So our guest, uh, uh, who's kind enough to, uh, take time out of his day to be here is the, uh, co-host producer. I don't know uh, what the official title is of the, uh, long running and wonderful. Never not funny. It's Matt Belknap. Matt, how
2: you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Doing OK. I mean, I heard about David. We don't need to go back into that. I'm doing great. I'm having a I'm having a hell of a yeah, time. You get, yeah, you're awesome. I mean, you, you look great. I know uh, the listener can't see, but I can see you on Zoom and you're, you've got a very nice bookshelf of, of <laughs> DVDs behind you. Very nice, natural light coming in through the window. I'm very jealous of your setup well
0: you know it's uh if you if you uh had been in my neighborhood you would, that jealousy would uh start to fade uh because <laughs> at some point the ice cream truck's gonna go by that just has a single bell that dings about every five seconds uh just driving you slowly more and more insane and the mm-hmm. listeners are already well aware of my hatred for but yeah it's, um,
1: seriously it sounds like with the tense moment in the uh, like submarine movie where they're trying to like avoid the other some, like the sonar and you're just hearing like, exactly.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so like, even, yeah. even with the lockdown, there's still ice cream trucks. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh.
1: I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, a lot of the, uh, and actually uh, there's a, a food truck that uh, is, is pretty common over on Sepulveda and it, uh, it's still operating. Um, and I mean, I guess since it's like food service, uh, it could be seen yeah. as, as essential and yeah. it's not like a dining situation. Uh, but at the same time, like they can't really enforce like how close people are going to stand to each other as they wait for that delicious ice cream.
2: Yeah. I don't know if I would call the spider-man ice cream pop essential i mean that is really stretching the definition
0: yeah but we're all we're all getting older if i were eight years old it would be the the definition of essential
2: yeah i mean i i'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because i i did uh i braved the trader joe's just to get my son the like the frozen waffles that he likes for breakfast (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to your own children it's like this is essential i don't care what you say
1: i have like uh, I am normally not a guy with a big like sweet tooth, but I found that my apparently my version of like stress eating, which is what I'm doing a lot, tends toward the sweet. I've been like stocking up on donuts and Oreos and all kinds of uh, wow. stuff that I would that I never buy. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I can I can relate to that. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of we 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 had a an insane stash of Girl Scout cookies uh, left over from that season, and uh, I've been trying to ration them out, but sort of that is. That's
0: hard to do. Yeah, uh, Jen and I will often uh, have a a stash, or sorry, it's an intended stash, uh, and then it suddenly just turns into what we're eating that day. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, if they uh, make boxes of groceries that were bigger than one serving per box, then then <laughs> we could save them. Exactly, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's the problem. Yeah. Um I don't know, that's have you a, tried, uh, Matt, do you, uh, have you, have you the the new lemon ones this year? The lemon ups with the little, I, I think those might have actually surpassed the Samoa. It might be my new favorite Girl Scout cookie. Oh, that's,
2: Samoa is still number one for me, but uh, yeah, the, the new lemon's good. I heard it, that was something that other regions of the country already had. Oh, okay. Uh, and they uh, each, different regions of the country have they have different uh suppliers for those cookies and Mm -hmm. so they like get slightly different cookies but i think they realized the one in southern california realized people in other parts of the country really like this lemon so i kind of like the old lemon too i mean i'll eat any girl scout cookie basically i don't (laughs) i like that that peanut butter sandwich one that no one likes it's uh, i don't care i'll eat it wait is that the tag along (laughs) Dosey do Oh, Dosey dos yeah, those are good. I'll yeah. eat the tagalong too. Tagalong, Choc- <laughs> chocolate covered peanut butter—that's that's money in the
1: bank. That's my number two. So, for people who don't listen to Never Not Funny, um, and we're expecting a movie podcast, imagine this but funny. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not actually about anything. Yeah. Imagine but funny. Imagine somebody calling the rest of us jackasses for having this conversation at all. Um, All of that. But um, yeah, I hate to be super basic, but uh, I'm a sucker for Thin Mints.
2: They, They work for me. That's what my son loves them. Everyone I, by my wife loves them. I do not like mint. So. I,
0: and you know what? I usually don't either, except if I'm like chewing, get, like, I, it's something I associate with, uh, brushing my teeth or feeling hygiene. fresh yeah. hygiene at the beginning of the day, but then right. thin mints come along and it's just enough of a hint, a hint mm-hmm. of mint right. that, uh, that I, not only can I justify eating them, I will, uh, I will eat too many of them like well, by, a, by a wide margin
2: it seems to work out in my family that uh, my daughter and i don't like them and uh, my wife and my son do so it's like if i cross the line into i also like them now it's going to cause a major problem <laughs> <as if> we're <laughs> going to be fighting over them so i'm not even going to test your theory that it's just the right amount of mint i'm going to trust my gut and say i do not like them and just yeah keep
1: not eating them this actually there was something you said actually gives me a, a, an on to actually talking about move uh matt of all the people that i've been talking with you know zooming skyping whatever with um i feel like you're the only person i have talked to so far who has kids who are old enough to have opinions on things Mm -hmm. like because all of my my siblings and my friends who have kids they're like four and under Mm -hmm. you know um so what are you uh uh what are you watching Uh, what, what do you agree on as a family to watch well the the main thing this this started
2: before the quarantine but uh it's only accelerated since then. The main thing is that we were we're watching The Office uh start to finish and we're almost done now. Um, so that's gonna be interesting when that's over, what we're gonna do next. The obvious thing is Parks and Rec, but uh but yeah, they everybody loves The Office. Movie wise, uh we just watched Big with them. Um, <clears throat> they liked that a lot. That's one of my childhood favorites. Um It really struck a chord with me as a short kid who wanted to be bigger. And like, I don't know if you remember the the scene, the whole crux of his, you know, the decision to make the wish is that he likes this girl, and the girl's taller, and he's trying to like, kind of, you know, he he's trying to like, uh, talk to her and at the at this carnival, and and they're in line for this ride, and he's too short for the ride, and so she just goes with a, a older boy and that really like when i watched it again i was like oh my god of course that's why i like this movie like that's exactly my life <laughs> just always i was always really short and always feeling like the girls that i liked were sort of unattainable and and uh and always like with the uh, taller boys <laughs> and so i was like yeah this 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 works my daughter deemed it creepy uh which i don't think she's wrong about that it no is, yeah or if you really i mean i think what we maybe what I forgot is that if you if you didn't live at that time when that movie came out, where th- there were like five of those movies in three years, I think, where like <laughs> yeah. a boy becomes a man, a man becomes a boy, like bodies are switched, and it, no one like I didn't question it at the time. I was just like, yeah, this is one of those, and that's fine. But yeah, it's I think she thought it was very creepy that he's basically a boy and he's having sex with Elizabeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. Very, it's very weird. Yeah, I know that, that the the shot. In- like seeing him as a as a kid, that must have been uh, yeah. uh, quite upsetting for that character in the in the sequel. Um, yeah, I remember that's... seeing that that movie um, as a kid and being a stubborn kid, and being like insisting that I wouldn't like it because I don't know I would liked you know either action movies or I liked more over like comedy comedies like Ghostbusters or whatever. My mom was like, "No, you like you like you like big, you like big." And she finally, I finally like agreed to watch it, and then wouldn't fully admit that I loved it, mm. <laughs> just out of stubbornness to to my mom. But in uh, yeah, retrospect, uh, retrospectively, sorry, mom, uh, Bigs, pretty great. Um, it's pretty. Yeah. So we did pretty a we did great. a penny we did a, penny, a penny Marshall episode after she passed away on on her whole filmography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I ultimately prefer a League of Their Own, but uh, Big is a a close second place and i and i think probably the most visually accomplished of her films as well
0: yeah i think i i think i i think i probably prefer league of their own uh big is good in a lot of ways uh that the the moment that you're talking about where elizabeth perkins realize realizes like what she has done at this point like in full-on like uh alec guinness bridge on the river Kwai, fashion uh just what have i done um it's the kind of thing where i've i've made this joke elsewhere before but it's such a standard thing the look on her face it it's not what it should be it should be uh horror and then she pulls out a gun the camera pans to the wall next to her and then you hear a gunshot and blood splatters on the wall like that's how that usually should go as opposed to like as if she's, she looks at him and's like, there he goes, the only twelve year old boy in a man's body I'll ever love.
1: But uh... well, at
2: the very least, she should, she should throw up. Like that's, that is the bare minimum that she should be doing in reaction to that. Like it's, it's so odd, and it, it makes me realize it's so funny that 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 uh, that a woman directed that movie because by modern standards, it is so heavily from a male perspective. Mm-hmm. That, that's the kind of thing where. We're just sort of asked to go, OK, well, it doesn't really matter uh, what this woman thinks or feels about what's happening, because it's all about the story from this boy's perspective. And and nobody at the time really even questioned the fact that you could look at the movie from another uh, from a female perspective and, and go, wait, this is this is kind of fucked up. So like seeing it, I, I think my daughter is gr- thankfully growing up in a world where there is more parody in that res in, in like gender perspectives and in, in storytelling and, and film and television, she's more aware of it. And, and she's like very quick to call it out when it's, you know, she didn't even, there was, there's a movie on Disney plus uh, that went like a straight to Disney plus movie that looked like it was called like star girl. And it's like a young adult thing. Oh
1: yeah. Directed by Julia Hart. Okay. Yeah. it's, and it's I was like weird to know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I thought this was a, like a good thing for us all to watch and we watched the trailer and she's like wait it's from the boy's perspective get out of here like she had no interest in it. <laughs> she thought it was about star girl and it's like Stargirl is just kind of like this uh uh-huh. weird uh chick who this boy is kind of uh I guess ends up with but yeah I, I I'm I'm glad that she is sort of like like grasping that stuff and I think it's interesting um but it's also it really makes you realize, wow I in the same way that we look at our parents and go man you grew up in a really backwards time like yeah, I think we all will feel that at some point in our lives that our childhood uh, certainly I mean I've thought about this a lot it's certainly with with the way it was the the 80s were very homophobic and I've, and that's definitely changed for the better uh at least in my world uh luckily uh, that people aren't openly homophobic anymore but uh, it's just funny to think how uh tv and movies were 99 uh you know that that's like chick flick the term chick flick came from the you know from the idea that anyone had the gall to write a movie that was about a woman yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like what what is this like this
1: yeah. isn't about a man achieving something get out of here uh and it's it's uh, it's it's good that we that we're the things are you know progressing all the time but it isn't a, a, a bummer um to like i remember showing my nephew when he was younger um my nephew on my on my wife's side who's now like 14 trying to show him movies and being like oh this is all good except for this one super homophobic part like and like the one that comes to mind a movie that i will always love is bill and ted's excellent adventure Mm -hmm. it's a great movie but there's that part when they like realize they that ted didn't die and they hug for a second and they quickly let back away and call each other the F word, you know, yeah. oh, uh, wow. and it's like in the in the middle of a movie that is otherwise uh, t- otherwise totally holds up, and you could show it to anyone today. Um, a more in a more recent example, I recently rewatched um, Tommy Boy, which is a movie that mostly holds up, but like they use the word retard like twice in the movie as a punchline, and it uh, yeah uh, it, it like stuck out to me uh, uh now it's a i mean I'm not, I'm, I'm not for like baudelarizing these old movies uh the way that disney plus for example has done uh <laughs> censoring the butts in splash i don't know if you read i about, saw that yeah. and then there's some some sort of line in adventures of babysitting they cut out i can't remember exactly which line I, oh i didn't hear that um well there's that
0: but, line uh, there's that scene where elizabeth Shue just screams the <laughs> n-word at that blues club <laughs> which uh but that's it the weird. The in the mad to
2: end it just, it, they're being true to the characters you don't understand it was a there was a situation i mean honestly that scene is one of the most embarrassing scenes in film history i gotta be it's, like, it's so yeah. cringeworthy it's so cringeworthy when a, a teenage white girl from the suburbs starts singing the blues at a club in downtown chicago awful and awful and like as far
0: as just that that like the the tune of it, like I I enjoy blues, different types of blues, like Delta blues, Chicago blues, and yet the fact that they just go into the most standard generic da 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 da, da like kind of yes. thing. It's like, oh come on,
2: guys! Look, I realize I shouldn't expect much from Adventures in <laughs> Babysitting, but at the same time, we can do better than this. But it's a pretty good movie otherwise. That's why it's that's it's doubly painful because I feel like it's it's actually it's it's one of those teen movies that I feel like uh, has that feel of like uh, genuine like i i felt like it resonated a lot for me as a kid in terms of feeling those like adolescent feelings but then you hit a scene like that and you're like ah get out of here man terrible this is for some i don't know who's whose grandmother like thought that this would be fun (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) but it Uh, makes me wonder like what like what part of like Shazam from last year in 20 years are people going to be like, Oh, they put that in a movie. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've already got one for Shazam. <laughs> I didn't li- actually see Shazam. I was, just, yeah. I was just trying to think of
0: a live action comedy. Well, and it, you know, it's probably not as, not as flagrant as it is in, in some of the films that we're talking about now. But, um, but as listeners know, uh, Jen and I are going through the, uh, the adoption process and it's a very slow process. Uh, and so you take a lot of, classes about like how to really care for uh, a child even if even if it's a it's a newborn that's been placed with you and they grow up and you're the only parents they ever know like there is still this disconnect and so you're trying to bridge that gap um, and then in Shazam it's all about this kid who like at age twelve was left at a car- carnival by his mom and so he's been in and out of foster homes and then there comes a moment towards the end of the film where he finally is reunited with his mom and uh, he's been uh, idealizing her, which does happen. Uh, and then this des- determines that she certainly uh, feels bad for him, but she also doesn't really regret what she did and she's living a pretty rough life. And so he, he gets some sense of, they sort of treat it like, oh, he has closure because he realizes she's not perfect. Okay. He can now completely forget about his sadness and move on and be happy. And it's like, that's psychological, like, even if I didn't take these classes, I think I could tell you that's pretty easy. Uh <laughs> yeah. and so it's moments like that that like because of just the stuff that I've been dealing with the last couple years, that really stuck out to me. But uh but who knows?
2: Yeah, that that that's funny. That movie was sort of marketed as like another like a modern day big, and I was sort of mm-hmm. excited by the idea that it would be like a fun comedy with superhero elements and took the kids and uh it's pretty like, like everything DC and uh, Warner Brothers seem to do now. It's it, very, I, I thought unnecessarily dark and unnecessarily gritty at times. And um, of all the DC movies, that's one where I was like, hey, you can take your foot off of the Zack <laughs> Snyder filtered gas a little bit and just like have, make make a fun movie. And I think it's almost like they realized after the fact, oh yeah, this should be fun. People want that. Uh, and they did the marketing that way, but then the movie itself is like very, it scared the shit out of my son who's seven and uh, yeah. uh, it's, hmm. it's like great It just, there's a lot of like, and I know, I think there's like an older kid who they're sort of thinking of when they make those movies where it's like, Oh no, but the 14 year olds are going to love it. Yeah. I don't think the 14-year-olds are going to stay away from it if it doesn't have a guy getting thrown out of a fucking skyscraper window like it's like it's yeah. just just brutal like a crazy random murder yeah. or a, bo- a boardroom full of people
0: killed by the personifications
2: of the seven deadly sins. Right. Yeah, it's just just insane <laughs> violence and yeah. and like and, and spookiness. Like it's kind of horror like when they're in the, when he's in the subway and like it, you know he goes into that whatever weird realm and it's mm-hmm. just all like just laying it on so heavy. And then, yeah, and then the sort of, the sort of armchair psychology of his like situation with his birth mother is, was just yeah. like, so out of place. And this is not what I came to this movie for, guys. <laughs> just give me some laughs and then uh, show me the good guy punching the bad guy in the face and then we're done.
1: I've, <laughs> I've skipped most of the DC movies, but I did, I did see Aquaman and I thought that was like fun. That one I did
2: not see. I, I, I have also skipped most of them. <laughs> uh, but Shazam tricked me. Not really. I mean, I don't really think it tricks me. I, I'm glad. I, make, I, I, I didn't think it was terrible. I just, it was like, uh, hey, this one seems like it's not going to be like Batman and Superman. It's going to be like something a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, I actually like Wonder Woman a lot. Yeah. Um, that one sort of to me just stands on its own as like a separate thing. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it just seemed like such a missed opportunity just to just to make a light fun superhero movie which which they seem somehow stubbornly like we're not good. we're not marvel we're not gonna make a movie that people like we're gonna make a movie yeah some people are scared of other people are disgusted by and and then a core group of people are way too into yeah it's,
0: it's something that uh you know on facebook in some of the groups that i'm a part of there's always it's it's weird it's like uh you know, there's always someone who says, like, we got to get back to the gold standard. And there's like one person that's really zealous about it. Similarly, there's the uh, release the Snyder cut of uh, Justice League. And it's like, yeah. have you not seen any Zack Snyder movies before? <laughs> this isn't going to help it. It's just going to make it bad in a slightly different way. Yeah. Also, it's never going to happen. But, uh, but right. if it does, like, it's not going to solve any problems in this world. It'll probably just create more, as Zack Snyder movies tend to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think we have a better chance of seeing the butthole cut of cats than seeing any <laughs> different version of Batman versus Superman or whatever. Was it wait? Was it Batman versus Superman? That's the one they're they're fighting. Uh, Justice out. League, Justice League. Okay. Because I mean, of course, there is
0: there's some sadness there because um, Zack Snyder's daughter died, and so he had to leave the production, and and uh, so they brought in Joss Whedon. They did some some uh reshoots so yeah i can understand if you're like a big zack snyder fan i don't know any but uh if you are a big zack snyder fan you see the potential of what it could have been but part of me is like at that point i just uh, this is where it sounds mean i just feel like you're just a lost cause anyway um outside of armand white who of course will find merit in the worst films ever like he adored justice league and that barely two-dimensional villain oh just a perfect bit of symbolism for something i don't recall
1: but I, I i don't know you see you don't know any zack snyder fans but i think you're forgetting how many minutes of podcast i've devoted to my love for um uh it i can't remember what i think it's called the owl movie the Owls of kahool uh, the yeah. guardians it's not rise, rise, of, of, the the guardians. Guardians, rise of the guardians that's
2: guardians the Owls Wait, of Gahul.
1: Is that Rise of the Guardian? What's the Le- one? that's it Legends of the Guardians? I think it's Legends. That's because it. Rise is with like the Easter Bunny and yeah, yeah,
2: Santa Hold Claus on. and stuff. Hold on, I'm uh, I I didn't see either of them. So, but, but I definitely remember that the crazy title uh, If I just type in Gahul, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Yeah. There we go. There yeah. we go.
1: Um, oh. Yeah. And then rise of the guardians is the, yes. the one where all the it's Alec Baldwin voices, Santa Claus, I think. Something like that. Yeah. It's not bad actually. Rise of the uh, guardians. I weirdly saw it twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess you, you saw it the second time so that I didn't have to <laughs> <Here you go. laughs>
0: between the three of us. That movie's been seen three times. So we're okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, what else so, we what, what else have we been watching,
2: Matt? Uh, I was just going over this with Elise my wife uh at dinner trying to figure out um because we mostly just watch TV now like TV series and things like that but uh but we did watch Rocket man uh recently that was a Epics is free right now apparently mm. uh, oh okay um, keep that so, in mind yeah pro tip for any uh, just like HBO I think you can watch Epics for free maybe not anymore but for a couple weekends it was it was free
1: so uh, we've been meaning to catch up on Get Shorty the series.
2: <laughs> that actually might be good or might be terrible. I have no idea. Like, I, I feel like uh, is it is it
1: Ray Romano? Is he in? There? Yeah, Ray Romano I, is like the Gene Hackman type. He, Ray
2: Romano basically is always great, as as far as I can. And then
1: it's uh, Chris O'Dowd is the John Travolta type, right? Yeah. He's so yeah, good. A good cast. No, I think the, the people who have seen that Get Shorty show really seem to like it. It's just yeah. not that many people have epics, I guess. But right. now we can all. Run out we can and, do it, yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah, Rocketman's on there. Um, I was like, yeah, okay, here we go. Let's just. Uh... But you know, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's. Uh, I thought it was uh, pretty garbage. Just uh, super boring, man. It's like uh, it, it tries to be interesting and and artsy in the way that it tells a, a very trite story of a, a guy's life that we already know the story and we've already seen fifty different versions of that story of just uh, yeah. yeah, he's tough childhood, misunderstood, uh, sexual identity crisis, drug addiction, alcohol, figures it all out and happily ever after. It's like, yeah, okay. But then, so like to to do it all sort of, like there's a few like stop the story, we're going to have a musical number type things happening, which I'm like, that doesn't help. That doesn't make it more anything. It's just, uh, it just feels like it's trying to distract you from how uh, cliched the the script was, but uh yeah, well, I'm, the... gonna, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna tell you right now that I I'm glad that I realized you were talking about Rocket Man and not the Rocketeer before you got to <laughs> sexual identity crisis.
0: <laughs> oh, see, and I my this is where my head went. I was like Rocket Man with like Harlan Williams. With Harlan Williams,
2: yeah, that's uh, yeah that 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 should be next. Actually, that maybe we should watch that. I bet I bet that's better. I haven't seen it, but uh, I feel like I would enjoy it more. It's it's so funny because like everybody probably went to see Rocket Man with the hope that it would be as entertaining and maybe trashy and 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 garbagey but still entertaining as um as bohemian rhapsody was because i think that movie is kind of crap but it's also very watchable and uh Mm -hmm. it gives you the one thing you want out of those movies which is just like let me hear the songs and enjoy the like excitement of we're fucking rock stars and somehow rocket man did not do that they 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 reinterpreted almost every song in a way that made it hard to enjoy them and <clears> uh and didn't really give you the like you know this is something like uh uh i i used to read screenplays for a living and um and a lot of the time i feel like movies like they miss the key thing of like You have to give people before before you bring everything crashing down on a character. You have to give them the vicarious. You have to give the audience that vicarious thrill of whatever the character is experiencing in a story like this. You know, the the premise is we care about Elton John's life story because he has an incredible. He had an incredible life. He's you know he's hugely successful, uh, made a ton of money, and got to play to huge crowds. And it's like. Who doesn't have some part of their brain going oh would that uh, like wouldn't that be exciting to be a rock star you have to give people like give them that give them the fun of being a rock star and this movie like barely does that uh whereas i think bohemian rhapsody which is just full of inaccuracies and and terrible choices <laughs> st- at least gives you that moment the many moments of like holy shit we're fucking queen and we're on stage at wembley stadium like that's what you want you want to feel like you're going there with those people and uh
0: i think walk the line is the one that really does it for me like in a good way like i just because it's directed by james mangold who's an action director and has shown himself to be a very capable action director and i think he he approaches like the performances the way he would like a race in ford versus ferrari or an action scene in logan which is It's just like, all right, we want to really try to capture the energy, both of what it would be like to see Johnny Cash and then also to be him in that moment. And so like those like and even though like it's and I think they're by having um, Joaquin Phoenix do his own singing, I think it creates a sense of immediacy, even if it doesn't sound exactly right. Uh, I think it's, uh, that one to me is, I'm not sure if I'd say the gold standard, but that's the one I I tend to go back to. It's 15 years old at this point, but I, Mm -hmm. I
2: tend to go back to it. Yeah. I remember liking that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely in that time when I think Ray came out a, a couple of years before or after and uh, it, it definitely, I think people were getting a little bit of biopic, like rock biopic fatigue. Yeah. Um, but it was, the performances were so good. And it was also yeah. for me, like as a guy who'd never listened to country music, it's, it's fun to go to a place you aren't that familiar with and, and, hmm. and see it through, through the perspective of, um, you know, people who, the people who made that movie obviously really cared about his music and, and, and uh, the legacy of of Johnny Cash's music. So, like, that's I, again, I don't like. I'm not a big Elton John fan, but I know a lot of his songs, like everyone does. Uh, but if you're not gonna like make me feel like, okay, this is why he's special, and this is why this is like worth a story worth telling, uh, then I don't know. It's like, yeah, why why do it? And also, hasn't Elton John like? It's so weird. Like the the business of of Elton John is so odd because like he's produ- he produced this movie. He's he produced those weird gnome movies, those like animated <laughs> Nomeo Juliet movies, which yeah. are like basically vehicles for his catalog, like another way to like remonetize his own work. And it just feels like weird at this point where you're like, are you just gonna keep Coming up with new ways to put your songs in movies so that you get more money out of it. I don't it's like. I don't want to be a part of that if that's the plan.
1: See, to yeah, me, especially, that, especially like like the idea of him pitching himself within the movie as like a, a, a groundbreaking iconoclast, and here he is like he's a living corporation. You know, he's <laughs> right, exactly. he's, he's, he's he's Kiss and big sparkly uh, eyeglass sunglasses, <laughs> which me, Kiss that's, would wear
0: too. That's that's a movie I want to see. I want to see the really good, well-respected. Um, <laughs> musician who shows that he has surprising business acumen and (laughs) i'm not even i'm not even joking when i say that it's the part that you don't see very often
1: yeah but that would be like the the brett michaels uh (laughs) biopic right isn't that his whole thing is he's rich because he like oh really he like uh held on like he had all the poison rights from the beginning like he was a shrewd business <laughs> businessman i didn't
2: know that but yeah what, what you said about kiss it's like that's gene simmons like gene simmons is a, a genius businessman and a terrible rock star like a terrible musician and <laughs> singer but uh, but yeah. he like he is like a marketing genius i don't know like i don't know if that movie would be interesting especially because you can't make that movie without his blessing and of course then it just becomes another piece of (laughs) kiss merchandise which is the problem like you can't like it would be fun to see an unauthorized uh kiss biography but yeah uh,
1: that's how I felt about mean, I I kind of liked the the energy and tone of straight out of Compton but it did there was like a voice in the back of my head being like this would be really fast if we didn't have the version that was produced by the guys who were still alive
2: yeah yeah I liked that movie too but it was like I I, I, having grown up uh, on on uh, on rap music from the '80s and '90s, I was a little too aware of the stuff that they were just conveniently omitting. Like, you know, like Dr. Dre threw his girlfriend down a flight of stairs in like 1991 <laughs> or something, and like that's not in the movie because that's right, there's exactly. really no way to spin that. <laughs> uh, and he
1: like, and of course, there's a whole D. Barnes. That he like uh, slapped yeah. uh, D. Barnes uh, right. Right. Uh, at the source awards p2 i can't remember uh, i think
2: so yeah 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 i mean yeah. it's it, it's true like it, it's i, I it's it's hard to when you do something it's a little more recent like that i think it's harder to figure out how do you treat stuff in a way that sort of celebrates the things that are legitimately good and and important like because nwa is an important piece of music history um but when they're still around and they're not even really that old i'm saying that because they're sort of similar ages to me <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, like but, you know it, it just seems like you can't really be honest especially when they're producing it uh but even if they weren't it's like they're still do they're still working it's not even like uh, it's not even like when somebody is like at the end of their life and someone makes a movie about them it's like they're right. still doing stuff you can't really just go out and say like well we're gonna show every side of it and uh and and really give you a, f- a full picture but that's the i mean if you really like the, i think the reason why biopics struggle so much is that i don't know that there is a correct solution or a correct uh method for telling a person's story because a real person's life is too complicated and too messy and and has like you can tell one side of it and they're the hero maybe they're a villain on, on some other angle but like if you try to include it all, it just becomes kind of like a mess. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, that's why I like movies that are just more like sort of inspired by real life mm-hmm. characters. And then, you know, you just sort of, you have the freedom to do, do whatever you want and not be like locked into whatever the facts are.
1: Or I think the other, yeah, I think that's definitely um, the best way to go. But I also like the, the biopic that just that doesn't try to tell the entire story, mm-hmm. y- you know? Um, I think, this is very the opposite of what you're talking about with Bohemian Rhapsody, like yay fun rock star movie. But Control, the Ian Curtis, the the movie about the guy from from Joy Division, is just like it's pretty much focused on like it's it's more about uh, his marriage than it is the rock star movie, and it's just focused on a very brief time. Joy Division wasn't around for that long. uh, yeah. Um, because of what happens at the end of control, but um,
0: what
2: happens? Uh, no spoilers.
1: Do they yeah, do they people. decide
0: like we've done what we came here to do? Let's all go our separate ways happily. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that guy became a beet farmer, right? <laughs> he went to live on a farm yeah. <laughs> where he could run and play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me of like Sid and Nancy's a, a good movie because it's not trying to be. Uh, it's not trying to take the whole thing and tell you, it's just like very focused on one specific Mm -hmm. relationship. And uh, I think that's a a more manageable task is like, let's just tell the story of a super destructive relationship (laughs) between two people.
1: Well, because what what ends up happening, I think when they try to do the whole life story, and this is not just a musician biopic thing, this is all biopics is, I, I don't know if anyone saw last year that a terrible uh, Tolkien the J.R. Tolkien uh, movie oh. about Tolkien it, there was there was so much stuff that was like oh so that's where he got the idea Ugh. for
2: that like I and I hate that stuff that's the worst is movies are or movies about like writers are so boring that it's like <laughs> what are you trying to do like you're just trying to show us like just very obviously like well this little guy that
1: he knew down the street is actually uh that's you know Bilbo and like yeah it's yeah crazy. and it, the dormitory had two towers <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: and it, i i do think that uh like if you were to talk to J.R. Tolkien or c.s lewis or any other uh writer um with maybe the exception of like a hunter s thompson or something like that they'd be like hey we're gonna make a movie of your life they'd be like can you not can you just maybe maybe adapt the books that i wrote like my there's a reason I didn't write uh, books about me uh, because
2: I don't find me that interesting. Uh, But I I created these fantabulous worlds because my life is super boring. Please don't focus on it.
1: Yeah, yeah it's well may, think, may, maybe i'll live long enough to see the george R. R. martin biopic. <laughs> yeah. um yeah i do
0: think that uh maybe the best like musical biopic is one that is not actually based on a true story which is that thing you do uh it's i feel like it does everything right it definitely captures the fun of being a, a rock star and the novelty like that moment i think i i think the onion uh, av club just uh Just said this, but maybe some other website, but they talked about like that moment where they first hear their song on the radio and they're all just losing their minds over it. Like that's one of the most joyous sequences the writer had ever seen in a film. And, uh, but then you also see like the egos come in and trying to navigate the business itself. And then the band uh, eventually breaks up or more specifically just kind of fades away. Um, and I feel like it's, I, I, I love it. I'm there every
2: step of the way. It's one of my favorite movies yeah i agree yeah it's uh and it gets the music right i mean to uh, rest in peace adam schlesinger mm-hmm. who, who's, yeah who's songs uh they were great that guy was a genius man i i crazy ex-girlfriend uh he uh he had a side i never really really listened to fountains of wayne but he had a side project with <laughs> the craziest group of people it was like it was like one of the guys from hansen the <laughs> guitarist from smashing pumpkins the drummer from cheap trick and Adam Schlesinger, I think uh, I could be, I could, by the way, I could be totally wrong about this, but anyway, they were fantastic. That was a great, I, and I forget the name of it, but anyway, but that, yeah, the, the songs in that movie were so dead on for like yeah. that era and that moment in, in American pop where just like, I mean, there's like a million bands like that, uh, that, that just had mm-hmm. their moment in the sixties and then that was it. I was astonished. Um, My, my family's saw- windows. Tinted
1: Windows, yeah. <laughs> Tinted Windows is the name of the band.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, fantastic album. I think they only made one album, but it's really good. Guess I'll have to check them out. Um, the uh, my family went to see that
0: thing you do in '96, and then we all we all liked. It. I was fourteen, and I still liked it. You know, I was mm-hmm. trying to be all jaded and all that sort of thing, but you can't be jaded when you watch that movie. No. Um, and then my uh, my mom like bought the soundtrack, and we were listening to it. And I guess just in my mind because everything sounded so, like I knew that the song itself, that thing you do was written for the film, but I guess I assumed that so many of these other songs on the soundtrack were just from the era. No, every single song. I don't, I don't think it was Adam Schlesinger that did all of them, but like every single song in that movie was, was composed for that movie. Uh, whether it be like the, the song like Mr. Downtown, which was essentially supposed to be like, uh, the, the, Theme of a of a detective show or something like that, and just like every every part of that film is a hundred percent manufactured, and yet it feels so spot on, and that's yeah. part of the the miracle of it. I, I'm just now I absolutely I'm you know you mentioned my DVD wall. I don't own it, and that is an oversight on my part because now it's all I want to do is watch that movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's you better order it. I don't know if it might take a little longer to, I don't think that's an essential item right now. But.
0: <laughs> well, it is to me, I'll tell you that. But, uh, yeah. And, and that idea of like the, I saw a movie about, it was, I think it was just called Gainsburg, Uh, what is it? Gainsburg, like a romantic life or a magic life. I don't okay. even, I don't care. But anyway, it's about Serge Gainsburg, who I had very little, uh, knowledge of. And, uh, the film does it goes the other way like in some cases you have movies that like scrub the in this case musician so much that you're just like yeah okay this just turned into like a greatest hits type of thing and then there are some where they're like okay well look you already know saying Serge Gainsbourg music it's like well I don't but that's fine (laughs) uh and then it's like but what you didn't see was how much of a monster he was Mm -hmm. and then you see that and you're like I don't want to watch this i'm angry this person became famous
2: <laughs> right yeah i don't know what the purpose of those movies are it's like hey this guy was actually a raging asshole like yeah uh, okay yeah that's it's like too oh, bad, I, I guess
0: i kind of liked babe ruth until i saw <laughs> the babe and then i realized what a what a just a awful human human
2: being he was yeah that's that's a tough I mean, like there are obviously a lot of recent examples of great TV series about like antiheroes, like on uh, people who are sort of despicable but somehow very compelling. Uh, somehow, very few of those movies that are taking a real-life character who, like, who is bad or just like whatever, th- those don't always work. I feel like that's not a that's not a thing where you go, yeah, wow, what an interesting complex character. You're Usually, just like, yeah, okay, so piece of shit. Uh, shouldn't uh, have gotten everything he got, and didn't appreciate it when he did. So, thanks for that. I'm glad I yeah. can glad I can sit here and enjoy the fact that this guy was a, a total monster.
1: Especially I, in the last few years, in both in, in in every walk of life with with the with uh, Me Too and everything, it's like yeah, we we know like right. we know how many of these people are are awful.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the point is other than like, you know, there may be some room to sort of find like it'd be interesting, although difficult to find the humanity in some of these people. I mean, I think that that's what makes things like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad work is that like you're sort of looking for like, well, are they still human, even though they've taken a path to evil? Is there anything left there? Is there any redeemable quality? And usually the answer is no, but it's sort of interesting to watch. the the downward spiral, uh, but I mean TV is different because you can sort of string it along with the idea that maybe there will be redemption. But a movie, you're just kind of like, well, I'm here for two hours. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and then you're left with like, well, what do I do with this information if they never pull out of that nosedive?
1: Well, another. I know we're not a TV podcast, but another TV show I think along the lines is one you just mentioned earlier. Is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I'm only in the second season of. I, it, it had been my to-watch list forever, and then when Adam Schlesinger died, my wife and I decided to bump it up to the top, and we're tearing through it. We're into the second season now, and uh, not only are the songs great. Like I think that Rebecca Bunch deserves to be in that like pantheon of like difficult lead uh, uh, sort of antiheroes, TV antiheroes. Um, it's a it's a it's a, it's a better show in more ways than i even expected
2: yeah it's it's so i mean it's it's just like one it's so crazy that it uh existed in the first place it's, <laughs> it's such an unlikely thing to have a, a tv musical about basically a bipolar person <laughs> who uh uh it's it's it, it's it's deconstructing the tropes of romantic comedy uh, but still like relishing in them and, and mm-hmm. celebrating them, which is the, like, I like both sides of that. I love romantic comedies. I love musicals, um, but I also love taking them apart and, and looking at how silly they are. And also, and then they're just like, sort of, it, it really, to me, got to the core of so many people live their lives with this idea that they're a character in their own movie. And, uh, and at different points in in your life you may find yourself in that situation too and it's like it's such a it's it's such a great observation to like jump as a springboard for the whole Mm. story but they do it like in this very extreme way which is so fun um and yeah the songs are super funny and great and, and the cast is great
0: Up until right now, I had no idea that's what that show was about. Uh,
2: And you don't even know the half of it, man. It's so it's so it's it's completely it's like maybe the most original TV show ever created. It's like no other show. There's really no other show. I don't. I'm trying to think like what there have been other TV musicals, but like not. I mean, what cop rock like that doesn't? (laughs) It's not like cop right like it's it was it's smash smash yeah okay. Um, but I didn't Smash, watch either of those. I didn't watch Smash. Um, it's it's like it's it's one of the only things that I can think of where like it's not a it's doing musical uh, theater on television, and it's not it's not just like guilty pleasure territory. It's actually like genuinely good and entertaining and you don't have to feel bad about the fact that you're enjoying it because it's just like the the comedy hits, the songs hit and it all weaves in perfectly because there's a narrative purpose for the song. Basically Tyler, since you haven't watched it, mm-hmm. the narrative purpose of it is that basically this woman uh, is, 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 I mean, the the title is, is, is literal. She is kind of, uh, mentally ill, and so she sees her own life through the filter of love uh, of a musical so she 'll just drift off into her head and and something that 's happening in her life will turn into a musical number uh, hmm. so there 's an actual reason why it 's happening it 's not like the the show isn 't asking us to believe that this is how the world is the show the show takes place in the real world the only thing that 's not real is what 's in her head which we have the the privilege of seeing, which is very cool i mean it's
1: but we, we do get some musical numbers that don 't involve oh, her that's true. Yeah, so that's okay. i'm not sure what because i was actually gonna just to mention how catchy the songs are there's a song from season one in which her boss daryl is just getting ready to have some people over and the song's called having a few people over and i've had it in my head <laughs> for like three days <laughs> yeah i forgot about that yeah so
2: what is, i mean i guess they just decided it doesn't matter yeah break our own rule which is nice too like it's not it's not taking anything too seriously and and it's just like hey this is what the show is and it's fun so who cares if we're if there are rules that are being bent or whatever which is which is an attitude that i appreciate
0: uh increasingly as i get older i feel like when i was younger and this is something certainly you run across with all kinds of movie and tv fans on the internet where like they just get so so wound up and they just get so like focused on the rules and don't get me wrong like if it's something is a science fiction movie or something like that I, you need at least a base of rules but at the same time uh i tend to be year to year i tend to really like the movies that are like we're just gonna do whatever feels right mm-hmm. um and it's just like oh thank god you know uh we were talking about tom hanks i i saw the mr rogers film it was one of my favorite movies the last year and just choosing to have moments where they're like yeah we know we're doing kind of a we're, we're we would seem to be doing a biopic but we're going to have this character be we're going to have mr rogers be a supporting role mm-hmm. and then we will also have moments where he looks directly at the camera uh that's what we're going to do because we're not interested in the rules of just telling a traditional story we want to get more to the essence of who this guy is rather than the the fact of who he is. And I, I just like, Oh man, thank God. Cause I really went into that movie expect not expecting much.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have I, one of the few, uh, award season movies I still have not watched. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, now that you've said that I've, I'm going to go watch it because I've been meaning to watch it.
0: Yeah. I hope I didn't, I, I, I hope I didn't build it up too much, but that was the thing is my expectations were pretty low, even yeah. though I, the director had made, can you ever forgive me? Which I liked quite a bit. Uh, but I just kind of assumed rather cynically that the studio is like, well, this is Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to do any of that, uh, artsy fartsy shit with <laughs> Mr. Rogers. No, they, they clearly trusted her and she, I think did a really great job, uh, st- from a storytelling perspective, a visual perspective. And, uh, yeah. And of course there are much stranger movies out there than that, that maybe I don't particularly care for, but I just, uh, the, the day that I, and Matt, I feel like you can relate to this cause you used to, to read scripts and, and all that. Um, the more academic I get, the more, uh, up my own ass I get about things and, uh, pretentious I get, but, the day that I realized that film doesn't have to be a storytelling medium, oh, that was a very liberating day for me yeah. because it can just be whatever the director wants it to be. It doesn't have to stick to certain rules. Um, that said, I love talking about script structure, but, uh, but increasingly, you know, what was it? Like my favorite movie of last year was A Hidden Life. The year before that was Annihilation. So just movies that are getting more and more philosophical mm-hmm. as, as we go tend to be the ones that I like
2: yeah i mean uh well the reality is uh <laughs> telling telling a story in two hours is is insanely limiting you know i mean i think that's what the last twenty years of this like t v golden age has sort of brought to light is that like if you really want to tell a story uh it helps to have more space more more time to do it in and so uh you know we like a, a t v series are more like novels or like even a book series whereas movies are almost like short stories Mm -hmm. i mean they can try to tell a bigger story but they're always going to be cutting corners and that's like one of the major challenges so why not instead of uh being forced to work within this incredibly limiting uh set of rules which are dictated by the the length that you have to work with why not just say okay well we're just going to do something different because you can do so many other things other than just like be like a slave to a three act structure, which, by the way, I love like I, I am absolutely I'm, I'm sort of on the other side of, of what you're saying is like, I, I am, I'm mostly just obsessed with stories like I, mm-hmm. I don't really care what the medium is. Uh, I, I want a good story. And so like, I tend to get. Uh, bored by I sort of I think I went through the phase of really enjoying sort of art films and and movies that were sort of breaking conventions and and, or or just ignoring them and and uh, and then I sort of got over it and and I just realized I came back to the 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 realization that I just I like good stories and and I just try to seek them out in any format that they're available in but um, but if you're gonna make a movie there's already been 50 million movies that tell some version of the story you're probably going to try to tell (laughs) like you're probably better off if you want to do something interesting you're probably better off just saying hey it doesn't have to be about that it's like you have all this amazing technology and we have all these tools at our disposal to do something purely visual or audiovisual, and and uh and you know maybe break some new ground
0: and often, the I feel like the directors and the screenwriters that are best able to kind of go experimental, they are usually the ones that also have a very firm knowledge of solid story structure. Like, they yeah. can do that. And not to suggest, like, I can, I just don't want to. But I feel like it's that idea of, of you need to memorize your lines so that you can forget them, so that it feels uh, more organic. Uh, whereas, I feel like if somebody is just like, no, I'm just going to make experimental films, they might be interesting, but I feel like... Y- you you need to understand what people respond to instinctively first right. so that you can start to play with that a little bit um yeah
2: yeah I, and I, oh god i i think that you know it's it, obviously the goal of every film does not have to be uh to connect to an audience but to me that's always been like my mental starting point for doing things as like you know or or, or the way i judge things that i watch is like uh is this connecting on a if not universal like on a near universal level um and but experimental films don't have to do that they don't they don't necessarily want to do that they could be more they could be exploring some other uh agenda and and that's cool too but i to me it's like there seem to be these things that resonate throughout uh all of humankind, and uh, the this sort of same ideas and stories come back over and over again. And uh, I don't know. I, I just it's it's kind of fun to see them reinterpreted for each period of time that they these stories are told in. Because even though the sort of the underpinnings may stay the same, it's the it's the little details that make things fun. Sometimes it's like what you can add to it given the circumstances of your own time
0: yeah when i uh now that i'm teaching various types of uh, film classes when we get to uh screen uh, the screenplay like the role of the screenplay i tend to talk about not purely three act structure but i tend to focus on it because the vast majority of american movies uh, try to adhere to that and um the and so in talking about it i i determine that the film i think maybe at least in my lifetime has the like the most perfect structure from a three act standpoint, from a setup and payoff standpoint, is Jurassic park. Um, mm-hmm. like that thing is airtight. They do not set up anything that they don't pay off. And when they pay it off, it's almost always at exactly the right moment. Yeah. And it's kind of invigorating. Uh, like <laughs> it was a movie that I kind of started to get tired of, but then once I, yeah, like once when a film is like really working on a story level, yeah. It's it can be a real joy to appreciate like man, they've got this
2: thing wound up tight. Yeah, I, that's see, I like that too. I, I in the same way that I like a really great pop song. You know, I just I love <laughs> things that are just like this is a this is such a familiar thing, but yet it's, it's got some little ingredient that like brings it to life. It's kind of magic to me that that you can take something that's both familiar and sort of exciting and new at the same time uh i I love seeing that stuff the thing the movie i always think about with like crazy structure and i actually haven't revisited this probably since i saw it in the theaters 20 years ago 25 years ago uh is um liar liar i feel like liar liar (laughs) is like the ultimate hollywood screenplay it's just like like inciting incident change uh crazy you know complications ensue and like it's all to teach a lesson and it's like Mm -hmm. to me that's like exactly what every and i actually weirdly that the company that made that movie imagine entertainment is the company i ended up working for for a long time and so a lot of the stuff i was reading was sort of attempting that And i was like you guys already kind of you're never gonna clean up. Work. Like you, did, you made the perfect movie. Just stop. You should just quit. You should just <laughs> close up shop because it's done. You did it. Yeah, liar, that was, that liar, was not doesn't... where I thought we were headed. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know a lot of people wouldn't think like, yeah, you know, in the history of. The, like ron howard and brian grazer 's career like the thing that they should have hung it up after was Liar Liar. but to me that is kind of the, to me that 's like the ultimate version of the types of movies that they made and then they they obviously like started making more like oscar type movies and and other stuff too but uh, but like uh, and maybe that 's why is because they were just like we perfected the the hollywood uh, high concept comedy like why would we keep making that well now we 're going to make uh oscar movies and and weird dr seuss prosthetic movies <laughs> boy yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and yeah it's i do think
0: that like everything that i've said about like the thing that i like the the thing that invigorates me right now i feel like as i get older um in the past if i whatever new thing i i'm into i tend to then denigrate the older thing i was into and these days it's just like no everything has a place like yes i don't think film has to be a storytelling medium but if a movie's going to tell a story then let's see what that story has to offer like uh and it's it's such a you know i mean that doesn't necessarily mean giving everything everything a free pass uh there are plenty of terrible movies out there but at the same time just like accepting what a movie is trying to do on its own terms and be like all right I will accept what you are trying to do. Now let's see if you actually do it. They often don't, but uh, right. but yeah, it's uh, it's such a f- when I see when I see uh, critics online talking about uh, just uh, just applying these very limiting rules to what a movie should be and what it can be. It's like if you have a specific thing of what you like, that's fine, but at least declare it as such, as opposed to saying this is what a movie should be because. Uh, it's so much more. It's so much more freeing to just let a movie be what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a question uh, before we wrap up. I'm assuming I don't have the timer in front of me like normal. Uh, no, we're, <laughs> so about, assuming, we're Yeah, we're good. We're, I'm assuming it's about time to wrap up. Um, before everything to lock down, uh, Matt, what was the best 2020? What, what was the best movie you saw in a movie theater in 2020?
2: Oh boy, um, you know. Honestly, that feels like a million years ago that I was in a <laughs> the movie there. I'm tr- I'm literally drawing a blank as to what I saw in a theater in 20 I,
1: I saw Emma on Monday, March 9th. So, okay. less than a week before the stay-at-home order came down. And that would be my answer. It's really great. Okay. Cool. Um
2: you know, what's funny is like that that time of year that like January, February yeah. is we were just like watching tons of screeners at home because yeah, we we're trying to catch right. up on all of the like award season movies that we missed uh you know having two kids it's like it takes a lot to to get to the theater so i don't know like let me ah, like how do i find a list of i really i would just like to think of the last movie i saw in a theater like that would be enough <laughs> i don't even know if i liked it or not <laughs> I, wish, I wish i could remember <laughs> what was the last thing i saw in a theater um let me think trying to think what, what came out onward did you see onward yeah oh. so i love onward that probably was the last thing i saw yeah I-, I liked it a lot yep um that was really fun but there was another something else i remember elise and i went got a babysitter
1: and went to the theater um, uh i'm looking at the release schedule was it like a boss starring <laughs> rose <laughs> vine and Tiffany <Divinity> haddish <laughs>
2: how did you know, no, you, know what, you know what i'm thinking I, this isn't i think it technically was 2020 but it's a 2019 movie i think the last thing maybe we went to see without the kids was 1917 because i, I really wanted to see it on a big screen and uh was really glad that i had done that um because that's uh that's a great that talk about okay that's a great example of like you know there is a story there's a there's this very simple structure to it but uh it's kind of not about that but it's still very engaging and and you know i i, I was very impressed uh, you know at at how they managed to make that movie the way they made it without it being dull ever you know like that's super super impressive to to make a one shot movie that doesn't get boring and feels like it's got this momentum going through it. Like, and so again, like if I had watched it at home, I don't know if I would have had that same, um, experience of, of just being completely caught up in it. And then when it was over, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, that wasn't even about people. Like there, there were, the characters were very, incidental to the to the movie yeah uh, and so it doesn't stick with you the way a movie that really goes deep into character might stick with you but the experience of watching it, it kind of in the same way that dunkirk was like an incredible experience uh it really was like while you're in it it was super uh powerful and and uh so like i thought that was very cool um and but yeah I, and then there might have been like there probably was one or two family movies that we we saw yeah. i don't know what, what kind of family stuff came out in the last three months i'm trying to think
1: yeah i'm trying to remember too
2: legend Earth's of the it... guardians the owls of <laughs> yeah oh there was their big 15 year uh, re-release <laughs> yeah i made a point i actually rented out a theater to screen it for my children <laughs> it's, it's just important to do those things sometimes right
1: well i think that's a good place to uh put a pin in things and, and for another 183 weeks <laughs> oh, okay. I, well, let me
2: let me just say like i i i you guys are very nice to invite me on i i am allergic to cats so it's hard to go to to tyler's place i think i i try to uh to trick you into coming to our studio sometimes uh with varying results but uh but yeah i do love talking to you guys and i love talking about movies so thanks for having me
0: oh it's uh, our pleasure absolutely
1: so, um real quick, you guys, you listeners can find us at battleship uh this week on the on the website. Uh well I'll actually have a um uh I guess it's not a theatrical review because it's a, a, a digital release, but I'll have a review of the Icelandic film A White White Day that will be up uh by the time you're hearing this. Um, uh let's see, Alex Alex did uh the trailer for Al Rudolph's the moderns tyler you posted a link to another po- podcast exp- uh, uh, appearance you made we'll let you get to that in a second right. uh you can email us at david at battleship pretension.com or tyler battleship pretension.com you can follow us on twitter at davy pretension or at tyler pretension and then uh, yeah tyler anything to plug and then matt anything to plug yeah uh so
0: over at more than one lesson i did uh, a, a- an episode with uh, Reed Lackey who has a new movie out right now called 40, the uh, temptation of Christ. And yes, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a Christian movie, but it's about Jesus. And uh, Reed is a very good writer. And uh, uh, so I highly recommend checking that movie out. Uh, But then also, yeah, as you mentioned um, in my, uh, in, in all of the uh, interviews that I've been doing for, to promote my film, I, I, wound up being like, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. So I was on the geek one one podcast talking about, uh, Batman oh, that's, forever. That's uh, not what I was
1: talking about.
0: Oh no. Well, I'll talk about the other one in a minute oh, okay. as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I was on geek one one talking about, uh, Batman forever. Uh, the geek one one podcast, they, they talk about movies that, come, uh, that, Uh, that have come out in the past in five year increments. And at this point, Batman forever is 25 years old. And the host knows that I'm a big fan of the Riddler as a character. And so, uh, so I was on there and had a lot of fun. Uh, But then I was also on a podcast. I actually recorded it back in October. um, And, uh, but then the, the, uh, the episode was lost for a little while and then they, uh, recovered it thankfully. Uh, and the podcast is called coffee over suicide and it is a, uh, uh, podcast about speaking very frankly about uh, mental illness. And so I was on there talking about, uh, dealing with depression and coping mechanisms and that sort of thing. Uh, the episode is not nearly as uh, dour as it might sound. Okay. It was actually a lot of fun to, to record. And uh, I had a great time talking about it. So, uh, so Coffee Over Suicide Geek 101 you can find links to both of those on battleshippretention.com. Then of course there is my documentary Real Redemption The Rise of Christian Cinema which you can find at Faithlife TV.
1: All right, and Matt anything
2: to plug? Uh, I guess just never not funny uh still uh doing that podcast after 14
1: <laughs> years <laughs> uh, still doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're uh there we uh you can find us at nevernotfunny.com um or just wherever you get podcasts. Uh we're doing we do one free episode a week and then uh for for uh premium subscribers we're actually now doing two extra episodes a week. One uh is a a, a new series uh, inspired by the quarantine where we're all just in our houses um although turns out the regular episodes are now mostly with everyone in their houses yeah. and me alone in the studio trying to run control the audio as best i can but uh, but the isolation files is a new feature in the platinum subscription plan if you uh, are really uh, loving never not funny you can check it out for free once a week and if you like it enough to pay a little more money you can uh, hear way more than the one a week <laughs> by going to nevernotfunny.com and signing up
1: well, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, and uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.